Welcome to the Tin Lounge. You've stumbled on one of our short episodes called The Mini Bar, where we discuss current events in the travel industry. I'm Teresa, owner of Get Out Custom Travels and creator of Fan With Intention. And I'm Corrine, creator of Travel Based Boss and co-owner of Journey's Travel Company. We can't discuss all of the headlines, so stay with us until the end for excess baggage. Oh, one thing I didn't tell you is recently I added something new to my resume, and that is... HVAC repair person. I, (laughs) with the guidance of my dad, was able to change out the capacitor of one of our AC units because the capacitor had died because it's been so hot here in Florida and the AC has been running and running and running. And when I tell you that the joy and the sense of accomplishment I felt after doing that by myself... Uh, it was indescribable. So I'm not the least bit surprised. <laughs> I can just see you be like, oh, I'm not. Dang it. <laughs> let me just take care of this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was relatively easy. It just looks very complicated when you first open up an AC unit, right? Like the side panel. But once you look inside and then you can kind of like get an idea for what is what. And of course I had the guidance of my dad in the past who was like, this is how you do it. So I, I knew yeah. how to do something like that. But when you use tools, especially the little pen that you can see whether or not there's a live charge going through. I don't know if you've ever used one of those pens, you turn it on and you touch it. Sounds thrilling. Yeah. Well, you touch <laughs> it to a wire and if it turns red, that means it's a live wire and you need to turn the, the power off. So people use that to change like ceiling fans or whatever it is. So you just have to make sure there's no electricity running through it, but something to add to my resume. <laughs> I love it. You're a multi-passionate entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm pretty proud of myself for that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, before we jump into it today, this episode is brought to you by Toby AI and Voyager websites. Visit voyagersocial.ai to take Toby for a walk. First on our list is an article from Afar, and we wanted to touch on the wildfire recovery efforts and how travelers can help. So this article provides some details and I feel like for up-to-date information, the Hawaiian Tourism Authority has been doing a great job with updating Mm -hmm. daily with uh, news and with things that they're finding as they continue to assess the situation. So currently with this article, I think this is article from the 14th, August 14th, West Maui hotels and resorts, they are not taking future bookings at this time as officials focus on search and recovery efforts and what is now the deadliest U.S. wildfire in more than 100 years. So how can travelers help? So in addition to not traveling to West Maui anytime soon, um, the governor, Josh Green, governor of Hawaii, says the town of Lahaina has been destroyed. Um, And... Within that area is also Kanapali and Kapalua Beach areas. And I know that those areas have had hotels that are spared um, from the fire, but from what I've read is they're going to be used to house residents that have been displaced. Um, So in addition to the fire causing a significant loss of property in Maui County, thousands of people are without adequate shelter. Um, And 
So one of the questions is, is Maui closed to tourists? Visitors are being asked to postpone travel plans to West Maui for the coming weeks and months as recovery efforts are underway. The many travelers who were in Maui at the time of the wildfires have largely heeded the call to leave the island, according to the Tourism Authority. They said that around 46,000 people have flown out of Maui's airport since Wednesday. Hotels in West Maui have temporarily stopped accepting future bookings, and many hotels in the area are housing employees, evacuees, and first responders in lieu of vacationers. I've seen a lot of videos of residents at hotels talking about how it just feels so surreal to be plopped in the middle of a lot of people enjoying their vacation Mm-hmm. And seeing the workers upset because, you know, a lot of these workers, their homes have been destroyed or they've lost people. Mm-hmm. Like, it's got to be such such a strange time. And then I saw something today that there are real estate agents and companies calling people who lost their homes to try to buy the land for a steal. Yeah. So. I mean, <laughs> that is problematic on so many parts. On yeah. So on the flight back, like last week, as you know, I was up in, in um, on an Alaskan cruise and it ended in Vancouver. And so we had a connection in LA. And while we were in LA, uh, we were sitting there waiting for our flight. And there was this, I would say like one and a half year old, no more than two year old toddler already can run around. She was running down the little aisle where we were sitting in front of the gate and she only had a diaper on. She didn't have any other clothes. She was holding like a water bottle in one hand and her sippy cup in the other hand. And she's like walking around running and we look over at the mom and she seems like she is so tired. And so, um, our friend Kelly Karnmetsky, she is also there. And so we try to like stop the kid from like running away. The mom keeps chasing her and the kid does something where it's like, a slow run turns around through the mall and then starts to sprint <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. And so we were like, should we just ask the mom, like, do you need a 20 minute break? Like go ahead, grab a coffee, whatever it is, like go ahead and, and take that break. Um, but the mom was on the phone as well. So you could tell she had her hands full with everything. And there was this one time where the kid tried to run out from the aisle where we were sitting And at that time, there was another family with two young children and a stroller that helped to kind of block the way with their stroller and come to find that this mom and her kid had just flown over from Maui and they had left all of their belongings there, which is why the kid had no clothes, only a diaper on. And the mom who was at the end of the aisle, um, she reached into her bag and pulled out one of her daughter's dresses and put it on the kid, gave some diapers to the mom. And, you know, when, when the mom who just flew over from Maui, like was, you know, when she saw that she just started crying because I I could only imagine how stressed, how tired she was. And she was flying to go uh, meet up with family, but she had nothing on her. So it really is a sad situation. And, to see that impact in real life, you know, we feel sometimes far removed from things like this. Like even if you don't have clients there or no family there, but you know, these are real people who are being impacted and are under so much stress. I can't even imagine what people are feeling there in Maui. Yeah. And what we're going through now is having clients who are wanting immediate changes and answers and, 
you know, we have to feel confident enough to say, okay, I'm going to need you to just hold your horses for Mm -hmm. a second. (laughs) So they're saying in the article, while efforts are underway to restore basic services like power and communications, visitors are encouraged to refrain from attempting to reach West Maui accommodations for reservation adjustments until the situation improves. We are doing our clients, I guess this is an opinion, but we're helping our clients by telling them, okay, you need to just calm down and take a breath, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're getting so worked up and it's just, you can't just snap your fingers. Right. (laughs) You know, these hotels are scrambling, these companies to try to get a grip on things. Of course, they're going to try to get things up and running and back to normal as quickly as possible. Of course, these hotels are going to try to get everyone reaccommodated as quickly as possible. But people need to... Be patient. Just chill out for a second. Yeah. And to understand the level of destruction here. I mean, I don't, I, I don't expect West Maui, like Lahaina area to be ready for anything for mm-hmm. months, if not, if not years. So things to keep in mind for our clients, obviously airlines, they have waivers in place, but oftentimes they are uh, restricted by the dates of travel So, um, you know, if you have, I have clients who are traveling in October and I told them, I'm just like, right now they're focusing on getting people out and also people traveling within the next two weeks. So the waivers are in place, but the days, uh, where the waivers are active continue to change right now. It does not cover your dates in October. And that's the problem. You have people with vacations three months out. And while I do not blame them for having concern, I'm sure they have invested, a lot of money and resources into the vacation. They just need to like wait their turn mm-hmm. <laughs> to be handled, you know? Right. And this article lists the waivers for all the major airlines who yep. fly in Hawaii, Hawaiian Airlines, Southwest, United and It also and says Delta. that the OGG airport is open, but the airport has been sheltering evacuees and thousands of travelers who've been stranded by the catastrophe. So it's not the place you want to be, I don't think. Right. And I think we need to make it clear to our clients. And I know it's very tough when we have clients who are very um, stubborn, if that's the word, or very adamant and want certain things. But this is where we need to tell them. (laughs) Right. This is the way this is what it is right now. And you getting angry or you getting upset is not going to help the situation. Yeah. We have to take on our, put on our authoritarian hat right now and be like, I am, you need to rest assured that I am on top of this and everyone Mm -hmm. involved is doing everything they can to make all of this run smoothly. And you need to trust that. And we're going to get answers for you as quickly as possible, but they will not be in five minutes or a day or two days, you know, (laughs) this article also lists a few different places where uh, you can help Maui. Um, first one is the Red Cross. Although I read that they were kind of held back with red tape and bureaucracy, and it may not be the best route to go. Um, the next one is the Council for Native Council for Native Hawaiian Advancement. It's a nonprofit organization that supports Native Hawaiians, um, and they're raising support for Ohana impacted by the devastating wildfires on Maui. Then you have the Maui Food Bank. And the Maui Strong Fund, as well as Maui United Way. So I know there are also a lot of Facebook groups focused on Hawaii, and a lot of the advisors who are 
familiar with the area and who have contacts there, they are also posting updates on what they've heard and places where you can make donations. Right. Oh, it's just heartbreaking. Our next article is from Travel Pulse. It is called How to Sell Travel to Clients Who've Never Used an Advisor. I think we all find ourselves explaining to people constantly what we do, why anyone, you know, people will be like, no offense, but why would anyone use a travel agent or a travel advisor? So we've all been on the awkward end of that conversation. And this article just kind of covers some tips for how to get somebody on board. It says, as the travel industry landscape continues to change due to pent up demand and concerns about high prices, more consumers are looking to travel advisors to ensure they optimize their vacations. While selling to existing clients is essential to any agency's long-term success, finding new and unique ways to appropriately capitalize on travelers who've never used an advisor before will undoubtedly improve business. In June, data released by ASTA showed that travelers are increasingly looking to advisors to book their next trip. Around 27% of member agents said that over half of their clients are working with an advisor for the first time. So uh, here are some steps in what you can do to sell travel to clients who have never, I will replace used with hired or worked with an advisor before. Mm -hmm. One is to communicate clearly. One of the first questions is like, I've never used an advisor before. I honestly don't know how this works. And that's yep. one of the questions that I also ask them is, have you used an advisor before? Because sometimes people are embarrassed to say, I've never worked with an advisor. And so they don't ask the questions that they feel would make them seem like they don't know what they're doing. So I always ask them as well, like, have you worked with an advisor before? And if not, like, why are you reaching out this time for this trip? So Tyson Wharton of Sioux Empire Travels, uh, they said, I think with a client who is unfamiliar with booking their travel with a professional advisor, I like to inform, explain, and then service their needs. I lay out how our booking process works and how my business can benefit them and their travel. After I have informed them of what we do, I explain how the process works from booking to returning home. After explaining how I can help them, they feel very comfortable with me and my service and I have a client for life. It's all about clear communication. We talk and all it, the time about yeah. setting expectations. Yes. Yeah. And as uh, Jennifer Jacob from Teak says, clear is kind. Like be clear yes. with what you are saying. It's when things are kind of muddied and miscommunication happens. Like be as clear as possible. Lay everything out. Yeah. And always remember too, when you're informing of what you do, make it about them and the, the problems that you can solve for them. People don't really care that you've been doing this for 30 years and your mother started the business mm -hmm. and you've helped three. No, they want to know how you can benefit them, how you can help them, as Donald Miller says, survive and thrive. So always come from the perspective of how you're helping them solve problems. Mm -hmm. The second one is personalized service. So one of the most significant benefits of using an agent instead of booking yourself or through an OTA is the personalized service. So we often tell people like, do you want to call a 1-800 number and talk to a stranger who knows nothing about you and what you hoped to get out of this trip? Or do you want to talk to me who gives a, a say to about you and your trip? 
Our listeners can spell Kareen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I do all I can not to curse. You all should know that um, when I'm not being recorded, the curse words fly frequently. But, you know, depending on my closest with the with a client, I might actually say that, like, I give up about you and your trip, and I don't want you talking to a stranger. I would prefer to take care of you myself. Sharon Little was quoted as saying, a good travel advisor should be able to save you time, be reliable and responsive, pay attention to the small details, including details that the client may not have thought of, like insider tips and knowledge of the destination, product, or brand that the clients are considering. I definitely, it's funny, I see conversations on Facebook all the time where people get really offended when someone reaches out to them because they're planning their own trip and they want to, you know, pick your brain. And there's like a lot of snarky responses you could say. I always look for, is there something I can say to them? Something I can tell they haven't thought of? Some kind of insider tip that will make them realize, oh, she knows what she's doing. Like maybe, maybe I don't know it all. Maybe I can't find it all just by looking at Expedia reviews. You know what I mean? Like I would much rather, even if they already booked themselves, try to say something to make them think twice next time about whether or not it might be useful to work with me. And I will say sometimes that people are wanting to still book things on their own, some of my easiest, easiest projects have been just a consultation fee. Like, let me, if you want me to put an itinerary Mm -hmm. together without booking anything, more than happy to. Here's the invoice. I will not be doing any booking or in-destination coordination. You are on your own. I am simply providing you an itinerary and to answer questions before you leave. Once you're a destination, don't call me. I, I feel that up. way too. I almost wonder if sometimes you're better off there because the people who are super controlling, you know, like the ones that are going to send you a spreadsheet. Yeah. You don't really, you're going to be competing with them the entire time from right. planning to booking to mm-hmm. execute everything. So wouldn't it be better to just collect a fee, give them your advice, give them the recommended itinerary and get on with your life. Send them some referral links from Project Expedition, yeah. whichever thing, and just be like, here are some suggestions. You don't have to book these, but some suggestions of things to do. And that person, though they may never book with you, they may do the same thing again, but they probably will recommend you to other people because mm-hmm. not everyone is so you know, bent on doing things themselves. But when people are, I'm like, I hate it when I'm like, you want me to do it, but you also want to do it, and it doesn't really work. <laughs> work that way you know? you know sometimes like when I see when I get the spreadsheet once in a while I'll be like it looks like you have everything laid out like what is it that you need from me mm-hmm. and you know based on their answer I'm like well it seems like you're capable of doing this on your own do you just want me to provide you some consultation services and they'll be like oh no 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 we want you to handle everything and I'm just like well it doesn't no, you seem don't. like it <laughs> You just want somebody to just, just scream at if something goes sideways. Yeah, that's, that's, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Next is be upfront about fees. And I know I charge a fee. And a lot of people, they will ask me, like, you know, when do you let them know about your fee? Is it during the call? And I'm like, no, I let them know about it on my website. I let them know about it 
in my response to their inquiry, it is in as many places as possible so that it is not a surprise. So by the time we have a call, they should already know that we charge a fee. So one of the cons- that that is fees are one of the concerns for travelers um, because if they book online, they don't have to pay a fee. Um, versus if they use a travel advisor, they do. And many times, and I know when I first started in the industry, one of the perks was we don't charge fees. Like we can book these for mm-hmm. you for free. You know, we don't charge anything extra. So uh, Ke- Kendra White of All Things Travel said that she's been getting more clients who have never used an agent. And her response has always been, are you aware a travel agent fee is already included in the price? But the main difference is you have to call a 1-800 number or send an email and wait for a response. If you choose to work with me, you get personalized contact as well as direct communication all the way until you return home. And so I guess this is more for cruises or all-inclusives because they have built in. I think what she's really referring to is the commission. And so this is where things start to get a little bit muddy. So commission is super easy. You can clearly communicate, listen, Commission is built into the price. Mm -hmm. And so you're paying for the service, whether you receive it or not. Wouldn't you rather get the service? But if you're charging a fee on top of it, it becomes a little more challenging to demonstrate the value. If If the person is not the kind of person who has the time is money mindset and who trusts other experts. And and those just aren't your clients if you charge fees. But then there's also another side where if I do charge a fee, I don't really do FITs anymore. But when I did them, I built them myself and I was using rates that are not available to consumers. So at the end of the day, they weren't really spending more. I mean, I was getting them industry exclusive rates. So at the end of the day, the fee was offset by the pricing I was getting them. Uh, But of course, I only gave them uh, package pricing. So there was no like breakdown of that. There's a lot of different ways to tackle it. But if someone is just not the kind of person who's willing to pay for a service, they do their own taxes. Maybe they have a flobie at home. They're cutting their own hair. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) They do their own gel nails, whatever. That's just not a person who's a good fit for for an advisor who charges fees, but charging fees is certainly the way to go if you're doing anything complicated. I do mostly yeah. cruises and all-inclusives, and so I, I can't really find a way to justify a fee for those, but there are people who can, and they sell it, and I think it's great, so don't get me wrong. I don't. Just with my clientele, that's where it's at. You have to decide what is worth doing without guaranteed money and what's not. Yeah. And I just I, went way over, <laughs> way out on a tangent and I'm sorry, but like just be even, clear about it up front. <laughs> even if I'm working in FIT and I'm working with a DMC or tour operator, my fee is for the time savings and the stress savings that I give to my clients, yep. not necessarily a price savings, because they may pay for it might it may be the same rate as online or because we use higher quality drivers and guides it's going to be more expensive than what you're going to yeah. find as the lowest price on Viator for example but that's not a, a compare that's not a real comparison at the end of the day exactly so i make that known to people and if they're okay with it i i, I mean i'm not afraid to tell them like it's not like i'm here to 
you know, find the bottom of the barrel price. Like it's, you, can right. you find it more, another option cheaper online? Sure. But it's not the quality that we provide to our clients. So I just let them know upfront. Because if you're looking at other, like I see my services as more of a luxury service. So if yeah. you look at other luxury services, like interior design, for example, or floral design or anything where it's not a necessity to stay alive, I, I just know when they tell people their rates and their quotes, they will tell them, you know, we don't offer the lowest prices. We offer yeah. high quality and we offer a great experience and a beautiful home, whatever industry you are looking at. And I luckily now have an associate who handles like cruises and all inclusives for the most part. But if people are very adamant about working with me for an all inclusive quote, for example, I charge a fee for that. If you want me to quote I love three, it. I love you want me to quote do. three resorts for you, and I tell them like up to three quoted resorts will be given, and you know it's for this fee. Any additional quotes that you request will be an additional fee because I don't want to do them. So if they really insist, if they really insist, they're going to have to pay for it. Well, and it comes down to confidence, and you are not afraid to just clearly lay out the benefits and here's what it is and it's take it or leave it. I think a lot of people are afraid if they charge a fee that they won't get clients. You just have to be looking for the right clients, people who understand the time is money and you need to hone your messaging to make it clear the problem that you're solving and how you're helping them survive and thrive and lay it out as a luxury service. Like, but as the article says, just be clear up front. You never Mm -hmm. want to surprise someone because then they start feeling like they got flim flammed. They start using words like scam or, mm-hmm. you know, and then they get a bad taste in their mouth and then they're going to talk. Right. Right. So you're much better off to have them self-select out of your product, knowing up front it's a fee, than then popping a surprise on them during the conference call or the mm-hmm. consultation call uh, that yeah. you have a fee. Cause then you waste everybody's time. Yep. So optimism ahead. Earlier this year, travel experts found that advisors are very excited about the industry's future with 100% of agents saying they are optimistic about future business, while another 83% said their client base has increased in the past year. In addition, 95% acknowledge the travel industry has changed significantly and not always for the better. Regardless of the age or style of travel each client prefers, what makes advisors so important is the customized options they provide and firsthand experiences they can relay that can help take a standard vacation and make it unforgettable. And there's never been a better time to get out there and tell people what you do. People are looking for us. The industry is exploding. You do not need to feel any insecurity about the service that you provide. And then you should know that people want it. If you guys could see yeah. Kareem's, I mean, that head nod could have been a mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like maybe we should start recording these and like putting it online, which means I have to do hair and makeup for these recordings. I feel like it would add another layer. <laughs> <laughs> Last article on our list is from Travel Weekly. Uh, and it's Arnie Weissman's article. And he talks about travel-related stress deconstructed. So he starts out by... Telling a story, um, a friend of mine was engaged to be married. She was well-traveled. He, not so much. They decided to take their honeymoon before saying their vows. She was glad she did. After she returned, I received a message from her saying, the wedding is off. 
She had concluded that because they proved so incompatible as travelers, they were unlikely to travel well through life together. Travel compatibility is not something all couples think about before getting hitched, but a pre-wedding trip might prove to be a good litmus test for long-term happiness. To try to measure the impact of travel on a couple's relationship, the jewelry company Shane & Co.'s wedding planning website, The Loop, surveyed 1,000 Americans. The sample included all adult generations and couples who had been with their significant others for varying lengths of time. For an activity typically described glowingly as relaxing, stimulating, enlightening, and educational, not to mention transformational, it turns out there's another descriptor that may not make its way into travel marketing, but might be more consistently accurate, stressful. Uh, All of this stuff would make really good, funny social media content, by the way. And I know many of our listeners are probably nodding their heads because I can totally speak from personal experience about this, but you know, like I feel like a lot of advisors can as well because we are well-traveled and we got into travel because we probably feel some kind of passion and love for traveling, but our partners may not have had that experience. So yeah, I remember Not long before Tracy and I got married, she made a comment to me that was something along the lines of, yeah, I could do without ever getting on an airplane. And I was like, oh, no, Mm. (laughs) you're going to have to get past that, which, of course, now. I mean, I've seen her. Any time, any day, as long as it's business class. (laughs) Yes. Well, yeah, that stipulation should be in wedding vows. Um, But I for so for me and Gio, our honeymoon was one of our bigger trips where we were together from beginning to end. So like beginning in terms of like the packing process to the end. And so Mm -hmm. I remember we went on our honeymoon, not the day after we got married, but two days after we got married, which I wish we hadn't done because I was exhausted from the week leading up, you know, weddings are emotional. I probably should have waited at least a week before leaving you shot a music video. Yeah. I mean, it was insane. (laughs) Yes. The music video took a lot out of me. Um, So I remember the night that we got back to our apartment, neither of us had packed yet. And so it was January, 2015. We were living in Tampa we still live in Tampa, but um, we're in Tampa, which is relatively warm. That was a relatively warm beginning of January. And we were going to Jackson hole, Wyoming for our honeymoon and Jackson hole, Wyoming, snowy, cold, Neither of us had packed yet, but I was pretty confident in my packing skills, so I wasn't stressing. Gio, however, was stressing, and that's an understatement. I am outside on my laptop, and note, I was not in the industry yet. I was on my laptop scheduling pickup for the next morning to go to the airport, and Gio like storms into the dining room, and he's like, I need help. I need help packing. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) And so I go to the bedroom and all he has there is an open suitcase, no clothes taken out, nothing. And I start cracking up and I'm like, I'm like, where are your clothes? And I'm like, just take out all the clothes that you're going to bring and I can help you put it in the suitcase. So that was the first experience I had of starting a trip beginning to end. And needless to say, we've been married for almost nine years now. So we've learned a lot, but I'm not sure how this article is going to end, but using traveling together as a litmus test for getting married, it may work for some people, but 
for those who really love their partners, you have to understand it's an education process. Not everyone has had the opportunities that you've had. And so it's important to educate and important to learn more about each other. And I think that's what makes traveling even more fun. It's the little challenges. You look at each other, you start cracking up because you're like, oh, well, that was a misunderstanding. So yeah, I feel like it's part of the fun. There's probably some red flags, like if somebody gets vicious or something like that, punches a wall because they're frustrated. But yeah, I think it is something that evolves over time. And now if I went on a trip with someone and they were like rude to the hotel staff and restaurant staff, and that would be a deal breaker for me. But you'd probably already find that out at home every time you went to a restaurant. Oh, yeah, for sure. So about 41% of the survey respondents acknowledge that traveling with a partner puts a strain on a relationship. Interestingly, there's a 15% gender gap on that issue, with women more likely than men to say their stress levels rise on vacation. Amen to that one. (laughs) About 18% of the respondents said they fight more with their partners than usual when they travel, and there's a correlation between the likelihood of arguing and the length of time they've been together. Giving credence to the belief that familiarity breeds contempt, married couples are 19% more likely to argue on vacation than those who are just dating or engaged. Yeah, because that person's legally bound to you. (laughs) (laughs) Like you can't leave now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When asked their opinion about how long couples should date before traveling together, Gen Zers, Millennials, and Gen Xers all recommend waiting until after about six months of dating before taking a trip. Boomers, perhaps with more years of arguing to reminisce about, advise caution, almost fully doubling down and recommending 11 months. The primary cause of vacation disputes identified among couples taking the survey is navigating through unfamiliar locales. A full 58% of respondents cited this. Very true. Yep. Well, and this has um, like a hint would be to download Google Maps or Waze. Well, that's fine for driving, but I got to tell you, those maps that go on your phone for walking, it just it just doesn't work the same. I, I often have to walk a block in the wrong direction before I'm yes, going. Yes, I'm just like, direction. let me start walking and see where the dot goes and then I can yeah. see if I'm going in the right direction. I will also mm-hmm. say that a lot of advisors, and it could just be me, I feel a certain responsibility is placed on me, whether or not it's real or not, I feel a certain responsibility is placed on me to do all the navigation. Um, Mm -hmm. For some reason, even if I've never been to a place before, I feel like travel companions will automatically think, you know, your way around every place on earth. The entire globe. Yep. And I'm just like, listen, guys, and, and, and if I've traveled with you, I'm like, listen, I have never been here before. I basically know as much as you do in terms of navigating these streets. I have some basic information. I've booked a handful of clients here, but I've never been on the ground here. So it would be great to have some assistance. And that also comes into communicating. Like this is where I'm, I, I might seem confident, but I'm actually, I have no idea what I'm doing. So Well, they say travel planning is not ignored in the survey, though the responses may indicate that many couples could benefit from a bit more self-knowledge. 80% of women say they do the majority of travel planning, while 56% of men say they do the majority of travel planning. In other words, an incredible 136% of all trips are primarily planned by either men or women. This is something you could definitely use in marketing, because I think it 
it must cut down on a lot of arguing to just have a beautiful itinerary presented to you and for you to be like, yep, that looks great. We're going with that. Like that, that's got to be. Yeah. And I think during the discovery call, that is one of my favorite things to do uh, is to talk to couples who might have differing opinions on what they want. And Mm -hmm. during the call, part of the value I feel like I impart to them is being able to talk through and narrow down on activities or hotels. That's a good compromise between the two of them that they may not have known existed. And so by me being able to say, okay, listen, I know you want this and I know you want this. How about this? Because this is something for you and this is something for you and it's close to both things. So in that way, it's kind of like problem solving, which I really love. And I think that's one of my favorite things about being here in the industry. Like, you know me, I don't really care for customer service. I do love problem solving. I do love sales and marketing. But the customer service part, like after the fact, I I, I find it very, very difficult. Um, But being able to work through that and talk to them together, I feel like a lot of advisors, we do that and we help make this process easy or easier anyway. Yep. So it's not just the trip itself. It's the planning process. We can keep you from verging on divorce. The article continues or Arnie continues to write, I'm going to side with women on this one. Sorry guys, but results like that provide some insight into why married couples are more likely to argue than those just starting out together and why women are 15% more likely to find traveling with their companion more stressful than men do. Despite the rise in likelihood of arguing when traveling with a partner, Only 13% of respondents expressed a preference for solo travel. Of those, men are 44% more likely to be the ones to go off on their own, where I suppose they find solace in the knowledge that, yes, they were for sure the primary planner of that trip. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. This, I don't know if I told you the story, went to Japan with my whole family in 2019, like my parents, my sister, a couple of friends, Gio, and another friend of my sister's. So we go to Tokyo, we decided we're in the Shibuya area, which is where they have that really busy pedestrian crossing. And there are a ton of shops there. I see one of my favorite stores, Uniqlo there. And I'm like, oh, let let me go inside and look around. And we didn't really have anything planned the rest of the day. So we're just leisurely shopping. Our couple of friends wandered off on their own to look at other shops. They're like, we'll meet you at the hotel. And uh, without telling anyone, Gio wanders off to go look for toy stores and Legos and whatever it is Mm -hmm. that he wants to look for. Did he think about the fact that he, the further he walked, the further away from the Wi-Fi hotspot he would be, would have (laughs) no internet access. Like, no, he did not think about that. So like we wait outside for like 20 minutes waiting for him to come back with no communication. And I was not happy with this. So when I see that, men are 44% more likely to be the ones to go off on their own. I am remembering that one trip. Um, You're going to have to get him one of those backpack leash things. Well, a great (laughs) thing came out of that. I actually ran into Norman Reedus. I don't know if you know who Norman Reedus is. Oh, yes. Yes, I've never seen your photo. Yes. And so... I, so my face was so angry walking to the train station because I don't know how, but like a text came through from Joe. He's like, I'll find my way home. Don't worry. 
I was pissed going to the train station, like so upset. And I'm looking down at my phone at the map. And then I look up and it's Normaritas, like walking the opposite direction in Shibuya of all places. So crowded. So when Gio saw the photo, he was like, you're welcome. So basically <laughs> he's like, because you guys are waiting for me, you ran into Normaritas. <laughs> well, he says that when couples do travel together, 62% said that a week is the ideal length of time and the maximum is two weeks. Given I agree the with that. In- yeah. <laughs> Given the stresses involved when just two people travel together, perhaps it's not surprising that to reduce the possibility of even more stress, 88% said they'd rather travel only together and not with another couple. On one hand, Arnie was surprised that the ultimate vacation stressor, children, were not explored in the survey. Then again, the research was fielded by a company hoping to sell engagement rings. Perhaps children are not a subject to introduce at that point in the sales cycle. Arnie. <laughs> so funny in this article. <laughs> the most surprising revelation to him was that 34% said they would still go on a non-refundable trip with a partner if they broke up uh, with them between the booking and the departure date. Hopefully this cohort doesn't significantly overlap with the 37% who said they'd wear coordinated outfits with their traveling partner. Uh, It's a bad sign if you're packing matching I'm with stupid (laughs) t-shirts. He said it would have been interesting to see one more demographic split explored. Couples who use travel advisors versus those who book direct. Ooh, Experienced travel advisors often double as therapists trying to find the one destination that will satisfy both a person whose first stated preference is a cruise on the Amazon and also their partner who states that hiking in the Canadian Rockies would be an ideal vacation. And he finishes off with this heavy hitter. Travel advisor fees are a bargain compared to marriage counseling. (laughs) And I see an Instagram post caption in my future stating this exact thing. (laughs) Absolutely. We ready for some excess baggage? Oh, yeah. Okay, it's time for excess baggage, which is a speed round of headlines that are pretty self-explanatory. So you can learn a lot in just a couple of minutes. According to Travel Market Report, Riviera River Cruises is celebrating the announcement of a new ship on the Douro River with booking incentives for travel advisors. Advisors who make new bookings for five cabins double occupancy on 2024 departures of the MS Porto Mirante through the end of November 23 will be entered into a drawing for a complimentary cabin on board the ship for any 2024 sailing and a $2,000 airfare credit. Another one from them says that Hyatt Hotels and its construction and investment partners have officially broken ground on Andes Turks and Caicos residences at Grace Bay, the hotel operator's first Andes-branded resort on the Caribbean island. Travel Pulse reports that flights between China and the U.S. will double by October. They also report that ASTA has filed a complaint alleging that American Airlines has caused significant harm to consumers, travel agencies, and travel management companies with its implementation of NDC technology. An article from Travel Agent Central says that American Queen Voyages has launched five and six-day itineraries for February 2024. These voyages will allow travelers to explore the lower Mississippi River during shorter voyages on the contemporary riverboat American Countess. 
Another one from them says that the International Galapagos Tour Operators Association is calling upon the government of Ecuador to limit land-based tourism growth in the Galapagos Islands and to better regulate this rapidly growing sector of the island's tourism industry. Afar reports that a new nonstop flight will bring travelers straight to Europe's best kept secret. Atlantic Airways will connect New York and the Faroe Islands in under seven hours. According to Travel Age West, Norwegian Cruise Line's Pride of America has replaced calls to Maui with an overnight call to Hilo on the Big Island of Hawaii and an additional overnight stay in Nawiliwili on Kauai for itineraries beginning August 12th and through the end of the month. Our high note today is also from Travel Age West. Pleasant Holidays has partnered with AAA Hawaii to donate $75,000 to the American Red Cross to help with recovery efforts on Maui in the wake of the deadly wildfires. And that's it for Excess Baggage. Just a reminder that all the articles we've referenced today can be found in the show notes. Please remember that we didn't write the news, we're just sharing it. If you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and or share the show. Also head on over to our Facebook and Instagram pages, which are both under the Tin Lounge. We'll link them in the show notes. Have any questions, comments, or just want to say hello? Please shoot us a DM or email us at hello at the tinlounge.com. We'll see you all next week. Bye.